Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber. And tonight was really cool. Yeah. I feel like we got our fingernails dirty. We, we got, you know, we just got, we got our hands in the dirt. And I mean, we talk about so much cool stuff on this show. That's why we love to do it. And I actually got goosebumps one time, which doesn't happen a lot. You did. And uh, that was something that bro said. I was like, oh, oh, that's crazy. What? But we, we, <laughs> we you know, we got into things like channeling tonight, synchronicity. Yeah. Huge. ITC. I mean, it's all, ITC. All, go, all ghostly talk favorites. It's all these things that made me want to be a part of this community uh, with or without ghostly yeah, talk. Yeah. And John and bro are ghostly talk alumni. Yeah, and Bro Perkins and John Top. They yeah. were they've been on the show multiple times and uh, one time together, and that was in. Uh, I keep looking at my notes like, uh, um, okay, <laughs> January twenty first, two thousand seven. Oh my goodness! Oh, my brain just stopped there trying to read my notes. Anyway, well, you just couldn't read. So I yeah, I couldn't read. I stopped knowing how to read for a minute. The brain just said, I just, I, uh, I can't read now. I don't have this. You're gonna have to figure gone. this out. Somehow, <laughs> you're gonna have to write your own language. And I in the can't next four do the ma- I can't do the maths of how long ago that was. Well, Twenty twenty one minus no, fourteen and a half years ago, roughly. Maths for the maths. <laughs> no, yeah, fourteen and a half years ago. We had them. Yeah, so again, ghostly talk alumni, fantastic. Yeah, um, and it was really great to have them on here. Now, the two of them over the several years here, obviously, uh, finished a book together. Yeah. What was the name of that book, Amber? Well, I have a bio here, and I'll read Ooh, it. Okay then. Uh, the two of them have written the book, Connection, The Discovery of a Soul System, and it tells the true story of two men brought together through synchronicity who embark on a project to communicate with a mind from beyond our physical world. Connection follows Bro Perkins, a psychic medium who has appeared regularly in Canadian mainstream media and paranormal experimenter John Topp as they forge a bond and open the door to a new endeavor in mediumistic contact. Through these encounters, the reader is given access to extraordinary insights from a non-physical entity on the nature of evolution, relationships, and the spirit realm, as well as sketches of a future for humanity as a space-traveling race. As the relationship develops, the voice speaking through Perkins and in dialogue with Top reveals an identity connecting it to the ancient history of our world. And uh, perfect timing seeing Jeff Bezos today just went to space (laughs) and came back from space. As yeah. did, I think, Richard Branson recently. I mean, it's not space space. Uh, yeah. It's like the outer areas. But they still got to look down on the planet. Yay for you. Hey, you got to have people with money to like, get us somewhere. So if they want if Jeff Bezos wants to be step. the first person to yeah. go sit there and go on their experimental craft, let them. One small step for Amazon. One <laughs> big step for there, there was some There was some news jokes that was like, same day trip to space. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy our conversation with Bro Perkins and John Top. been on ghostly talk yes i have the correct dates and bro was with us on july 16th 
2006. God, bro. <laughs> I still had hair. So, <laughs> it feels so long ago. And John was first with us with Bro on January 21st, 2007. And then John came back January 13th, 2008, and Bro was last on Ghostly Talk November 9th in 2008. So it's been a while since these two have been on the show. They're still obviously involved in the paranormal, doing their thing. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and we got it's an interesting story with the two of you that we're going to get into tonight um, concerning the book you guys have. Uh, and I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about that. But yeah, it's been a while. And I appreciate you guys uh, coming back on here again. Um, yeah, it's only been like fit what? Well, <laughs> the original would be about fifteen years ago, so it's it's been a little yeah. while. But I want to thank both of you guys for um, taking the time to talk to us here again tonight. We really appreciate. it. How are you guys tonight? Great. Thank you for having us. It's like a high school reunion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, you know, and to the new school listeners, I guess we could say that. Um, you know, I'd like to get a little bit of your backgrounds, if you guys don't mind. Like, just each year, like, we'll start with you, bro. Uh, just a little bit of your backgrounds, and then we can just go from there. Is yeah, that cool? how did you get involved in the paranormal, especially at such a young age? Well, it, it got involved with me, to be honest with you. I, I didn't choose it. Um, I'm a psychic. I'm a psychic medium, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been doing readings since I was 15 years old. I'm pushing 40 now. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the 21 years of my work professionally, I've, I've read for clients all over the world, and a lot of them have loved ones who have died, and a lot of them have life questions and concerns about their 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 path in the world, and uh, come to me for guidance on those issues. Now, I didn't get into it per se; it was happening to me since as long as I can remember. I was having premonitions as a boy in school uh, with my family and and various uh, other areas. A lot of that we get into in our book. Um, and so, yeah, I'm a professional psychic, and, and I met John through doing readings because I was reading for a young woman, and and I had seen that she had a friend who was having a strange experience around synchronicities with numbers in particular, and she goes, yes, I do. In fact, he has a blog about it, and uh, I'd never met this client before, and she gave me John's email, and I emailed him that night, and that rest is history, as they say. <laughs> John, how about you? I mean, did it find you? Did you find it? How'd this whole thing work out originally for you? Um, yeah, that's a great question. It's a bit of both. I think I've searched for for the other and the paranormal for a long time. And also it's come and found me as well without me searching for it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I've always just privately explored these areas. Whereas with Bro, it sort of took over his whole life and his whole profession has been around that. Whereas me, I've I've led more of a kind of nine to five job, and and I have you know kids, and and it's sort of this has always been in the background of my life up until basically now that we've published this book, essentially. Um, and of course, when I went on Ghostly Talk <laughs> those times before too, but um, but yeah, for me, it's sort of been exploring areas of you know synchronicity, um, dream precognition, and you know prophetic dreams and things like that. And um, and then, of course, EVP and instrumental transcommunication, which I got into after meeting Bro. Um, so that was a huge thing I did for, for a few years. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's been all these different intersections with Paranormal, and, and uh, Bro has, of course, been a huge part of that with me. Now, uh, the book... Con- hey, John. <laughs> uh, the book, <laughs> Connection, the Discovery of a, of a Soul System. That's the name of the book, obviously. Um I hate to ask this question. I mean, I guess what what's it about roughly? I know we, you know people you want we want people to buy the book, right? But I'm just curious if you guys could give us a little idea. I mean, of, of 
maybe maybe necessarily what it's all about, but you know how it came about would be a really interesting thing to hear about. I always like to hear that. Uh, so uh, yeah, the floor is yours, guys, on that. Sure. Do you want me to go, bro? Yeah, please. <laughs> sure. Um, well, uh, this really tells the story of how Bro and I met, which, as he kind of got into there, is it happened in an unusual way we met through um i was experiencing uh, synchronicities he was as well and they were both around the same uh set of numbers like 22 to 22 and that sort of thing yeah. and so that led to you know bro reading this woman natasha and and um she knew i was seeing these numbers and he brought up the numbers without her mentioning anything and um and that led to her saying okay i have this friend john and and we met and then and really the story, um, you know, it tells our early lives, but also the story of how, how we met. And then, um, you know, we had this feeling that there was purpose to our meeting. This this was definitely a, like a not a random sort of thing that we were inventing. And um, so then from there, we developed our, our friendship and explored, you know, EVP and, and all that sort of thing. And then years later, um, you know, we had various events in our lives, altering our lives, um, you know, often... Uh, traumatic events in our lives and and um, ended up with us kind of <clears throat> 10 years after we met uh, spending time together having having a free summer I, I was not working at the time we just I had gone through a divorce we had all this time to, to spend together and it led to us embarking on this idea of channeling um, and and really the book that most of the book is about us doing this channeling project and it's the contents of what comes through in the channeling is a, is obviously the major feature of the book, but also within that, there's the whole story around it of, of you know, what led us to, to decide to do this. Um, what was it like doing it? You know, what, what were the circumstances in which you can channel? Mm-hmm. Um, when did it not work? You know, so we talk about when, about it not working as well as it, as it working. And, um, yeah, so the whole thing kind of operates on different levels. There's the narrative and then there's the, the pretty amazing content of what comes through, uh, bro in the channeling. Now I've mm-hmm. heard the word synchronicity about 20 times so far. And, and the, and we've been talking for about seven minutes, which, and I'm not <laughs> saying that in a bad way, um, mm-hmm. because synchronicity is one of, I, 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 I want to say I get triggered by it. It's I, I think triggered triggered now. It's one of your favorite topics. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. When I hear it, my antlers go up. Yeah, but I yeah. get triggered by yeah. it in a good way, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And it's you know I know there's a definition of synchronicity. Meaningful coincidence. Thank you. You're welcome. Definition girl over in the <laughs> corner. <laughs> no, uh, I know there's a definition for it, um, but. I think synchronicity, the, the idea of synchronicity or synchronicities uh, is something that can mean different things to different people. And, I, you know, not to put you guys on the spot, but I'm wondering what the idea of synchronicity means to you guys, maybe even outside of the situation, how you guys met. Uh, and I know it's kind of a it's kind of a wild question to ask, but I'm really curious to know what you both think, like what how you observe synchronicity on, from the outside in. Yeah, you go, well, uh, go ahead, bro. Oh, thanks, John. I, I look at it from a, <clears throat> a Jungian perspective where literally Jung's definition, I believe he coined the phrase to synchronicity, which was yeah. external circumstances coalesce in a way that um, directly seems to relate to an internal condition going on. And it really can happen in, in many ways. I mean, in John and our, in my case, it, it was a paranormal uh, related event. And I think all synchronicity is 
quote unquote paranormal. Um, but like people who who meet in unlikely scenarios and fall in love with each other can be seen as a synchronicity. And I think people call that kismet. Kismet uh, in the Jewish community, people can call it, um, you know, serendipity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I, I feel that the synchronicity is is pointing toward this concept that reality has a substrate that we can't see or detect with our physical uh, senses. That essentially means we're all connected and linked to each other in some way, fundamentally. And and indeed, uh, as a medium, one of the things that has been given to me by spirit over the years of these readings that I do for people is that there is a plan for your life that you're unconscious to that you didn't just come here willy-nilly like a feather on the wind uh your soul has planned out many of the major events that are going to take place for you um and that includes everything from birth to who you pick in your family to who you fall in love with to who you divorce to your death everything from top to bottom the major things there are some wiggle room for customization in life um and 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 quote unquote free will yeah but a lot of the main things are choreographed, it seems. And so what's so fascinating, what, what I think captures so many people about synchronicities when they experience them especially, is it, it, it just links them to a fundamental experience of being a part of something larger than themselves. And isn't it true that that's what I think all of us are looking for at some point in our life? Some of us sooner than others, granted, but that's my definition. That's my experience of it. John, how about you? That's a that's a tough one to follow because uh, yeah, you covered uh, covered a lot of the bases with it. I think yeah, I mean, one thing we get into in the book is when Bro talks about substrate or or it's this idea of a higher order. It's an order that um, revealing itself to us, sort of an order outside of our our current perception of order, um, and so it it really challenges you because um, it kind of overturns. Uh, your understanding of of how things should work, like according to our normal understanding, we, something you're thinking shouldn't be able to link up with something in the outside world. You know, a, a totally apparently random event, a bus goes by with a sign on it about something that you thought of at that exact split second, or you know. So it, it, there's no framework in which we can understand. You know, with our scientific framework, um, it doesn't fit in um, because because the mind shouldn't be shouldn't be synchronized with with random events um but that's what we experience and yeah. so i think for for bro and i it was a matter of exploring well why is that happening where does it lead and in our case you know it actually led <laughs> to, to something specific um but i don't think it always does with synchronicity uh one one idea in the book is also that it's it's this idea of uh, that you've learned a lesson and there's timelines kind of collapsing. It's kind of this sign of, of uh, you, you've learned a lesson and all these, these future uh, timelines have now sort of uh, collapsed in, into one sort of thing. It, it's kind of a weird concept, but I, I, after I thought about it a couple of times, it started to make sense to me. But um, that, that you've affected, you, you've compressed your future in some way um yeah because you you've sort of learned something and 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 that can manifest as these synchronicities showing up and that's what makes this idea so fascinating and why i i did call it out and wanted to talk more about it i i know i've had things in my life too uh, where i've experienced things had people come and go in and out of my life and i look back on that now and i think of all of the completely because literally, if you think about this, uh, for 
any scenario in your life, you end up at the bus station. I'm sorry. You end up, let's say you end up at the post office at 7.01 p.m. on Wednesday, right? Well, there's a million little things that could happen in between that to get you to that point, in my opinion, right? There, you could have hit an extra red light on the way there if you were driving, and it got you there at 7.02 or 7.03. You could have... Um, you could have made a split decision that you wanted to get a hamburger from the hamburger place on the way there because you were hungry and got yourself there at 7.07 p.m. Uh, and that's just a very, very basic, simple idea. But maybe within that, and I mean, I, I mean, here's an, I mean, another idea of this, too. I, I mean, I, I love to use this as an example is I was driving one night and, and um, I had someone pass me on, on, a, on a road. I was I was doing the speed limit, heaven forbid. I don't know how it is in Canada, guys, but here, doing the speed Lower limit. Lower here. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're, you're, if you're doing the speed limit, then you're just driving too slow. And it was one of those situations where I was doing the speed limit, and I got passed by this person, and they shook their fist at me, and I was like, okay, whatever. Long story short, about a mile or two down the road, I look, and I see that exact same car tipped over on its side on the side of the freeway. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought about you know, you think about something like that, like, okay, well, maybe if I would have sped up and said, okay, I'll go faster. I'm sorry. You scare me person, whatever Yeah. that I could have been that person. You know, my car could have been on the side. So, I mean, I think you guys mm-hmm. get what I'm saying. I mean, I could go on all night long about scenarios and things like this. Um, mm-hmm. But I know the idea again is this predeterminism. It, it, nothing's a coincidence. Um, and there, and maybe the well, fact, that story. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go, no, go ahead, bro. Go ahead, bro. I want to hear what you have to say. Go ahead. John, don't worry. Uh, don't trust me on this. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to oh, tell yeah. John a little. Okay. So, uh, w- John and I have a, a, a wild sense of humor. Um, we really get along like brothers and, and, and most of our time is spent joking with each other. It's very rarely serious. Yeah. And, um, we were laughing at the fact that we're now middle-aged and, and it's a now, you know, I used to be called young man. Now I'm just default factory setting man. <laughs> and, and what happened was John and I have this <laughs> funny we just find it so delightful the idea of a middle-aged mall cop type man trying to be cool like kids and actually skateboarding and falling down and we send each other gifts all the time on the internet of overweight middle-aged men like myself falling (laughs) face first into cars and things we thought this the funniest thing in the world (laughs) We, we literally send each other one of these skateboard fiascos uh over gif for like five minutes then john heads out and do you want to tell the rest of this story, John? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, so I, I was at, out at Home Depot and then uh, just walking home and I'm going through this alleyway and suddenly this guy, he looks, you know, he looks like, like Rose saying, like a 40-year-old mall cop or whatever and he's with a, with a goatee and, and, and comes along on a skateboard and then starts teetering around and, and falls flat on his face right in front, <laughs> right in front of me. Um, so Five it was just after we were saying and sending each other gifts. Of yeah, the same. yeah, it was just it was, and I just never see that in real life. We only see it in these gifts. So, so yeah, it was just very odd, and I was kind of in shock that this had just happened. And then I, you know, I, 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 I the guy kind of made quick eye contact with me, like he was embarrassed, and I didn't laugh at him or anything. I, but, but, but later on, you know, Not I had to know about it. Obviously, no, <laughs> yeah. no, later on I did. But, um, but yeah, it, it's that was a very specific thing, and it was like. Yeah, it it was it was a strange kind of feedback loop. Yeah, 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 feedback loop. 
So yeah. that's synchronicity. Um, and again, I could go on this. We could, we could go on this all night long, or I could make us go on this. I won't do that. Though, well, that's like I'm... the only reason I, I really know you, Scott. Oh, we're going to talk the origin story again. Because he fell on a skateboard in front no, of you? No. Yeah, she came rolling oh, by okay. and fell on a skateboard, and I laughed myself <laughs> half to death at her. I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever no, seen. We, yeah, that was like my first synchronistic moment I, I, where I just uh, I had met Scott, and we lived three hours apart. And I was working at one night and thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to do a three-hour long-distance relationship. And so Scott and I both like a lot of old-school heavy metal, and none of my friends at the time liked anything old-school. And so there was a, one of the early female metal singers was na- is named Doro. She's from Germany. Mm-hmm. And I thought, if Scott listens to Doro or knows who <laughs> she is, then this is this fine. Fine. It's meant to be. And that night we're talking on Yahoo chat. Yeah, it, you know, we got to go, how long ago it was. We got to go way back. Yeah. And all of a sudden he just out of the blue types, dude, I'm listening to Warlock, which was her band. And I was like, <gasps> uh, like, wow. what are the, mm. like, and I think that was the only time something like that, like I pulled my hands back from the keyboard and my hand was just mm-hmm. shaking. Cause I'm like that, that, that's that can't nice. just be random yeah well and, you, and i hear that now and i still believe you know i've heard that origin story plenty of times it's a great story uh but i, I believe that something had to have ha- had to have been put in weird. place there it's, it's okay weird. well and i think there's a qualitative aspect to when these things happen because you can tell them to another person and they may not quite get the impact of it in the way that it hit you at the time right? yeah yeah because people can say oh well you know if you roll the dice enough times you know you're going to get a pair of sixes or whatever mm-hmm. but but um but i think there, there's a qualitative experiential part of it and and it hits you in a way and and i think that's the important part that it's it's kind of like oh my god did that just happen you know yeah. and and that's you know people can maybe understand other maybe they won't but um i i think when it comes down to it it's not something to prove to other people it's just it's an experience that hits you in the moment and and that's the main thing and i don't think it's something that you can really explain to people in most circumstances too mm-hmm. the person you're trying to explain this to is not in your head and yeah. you know these and these things that impact you like that it's usually you know, it's a matter of what your thoughts are, right? Like what's happening in your mind, what's recycling through your mind, whatever way it is. Um, and if something, you recognize something or, or something in front of you, I guess, you can't really explain that to someone. Like, well, this is what I was thinking. And you, now you have to go down this whole thread. It, it, it's difficult for people to explain. And I think you nailed, you nailed it right there, John. These are experiences for you and you only, I guess, right? That That's yeah. really what I think matters, and that's what matters to me the most. So, all right, we've, yeah. be, we've beaten synchronicity half to death. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry <laughs> about that synchronicity. I, <laughs> wrap it up. I, sorry, what's that, John? I said sorry, synchronicity. <laughs> it is a favorite topic, though, among a lot of people. Really I, I have a question because I know with doing what you do on a daily basis, bro, uh, with being a medium and talking to people and delivering messages – how is channeling is channeling and getting these messages that you received to put your book together different than what you do on a daily basis with your regular medium abilities night and day except in the case that it's through a psychic ability that we're able to do it but it's not the same thing at all okay um like first of all when i channel uh, with john um, again, it's not reliable. It, it doesn't happen every time. And we try, we, we put all the circumstances together there. Sometimes I'm just so gung ho. I'll tell John, I'm ready and we're going to do it. 
and then all of a sudden nothing happens, uh, which is really does not happen during my daily readings because they're daily readings, of course. And the, the other difference is in, in private readings, I'm tuning into your own life or your loved ones. Whereas in these channelings, I'm not tuning into any one specific target. It's, it's essentially something bigger than all of us. And uh, so those are the preliminary uh, differences. Yeah. I, when, so when you're doing the mediumship, like, does that just come to you? Like, do you have to do anything to prepare for that? Or like, I imagine like with, Edgar Casey, because I think of him as like one of the top channelers and him having to like lay down on a couch and sort of do his thing and go into a trance. What did you do to prepare yourself for channeling that that's different? Actually, it's exactly like Casey. I literally lay on okay. the couch to do it. Okay. Um, that's I, I feel that our channeling is the most like Edgar Casey. Okay. But as you know, Casey did do personal life readings for people, and and they're between his secretary and the clients, uh, thousands of them over the years. There were back and forth letters, where you can see that the clients were validating things he had predicted had come true. One of the things that struck me when I was young uh, about Edgar Casey's work is that he could be doing a reading on someone. And the person wasn't allowed to speak during the reading at the first part of it because Casey wanted to just get everything he was going to get first. And um, the client would literally report that every question they had in the order they wrote them on their paper was answered before they got a chance to ask. That was really impressive to me. So what I began to do with my clients in these readings is I said, before your reading, maybe three nights before, a week before, write your concerns on paper. Don't tell me what they are. Leave them open on your your nightstand for your spirit guide or your loved ones to see. And during the process of the reading, same thing. I touch the topics and answer the questions that they've asked in the order they wrote them without them telling me what's on their paper. Sometimes interesting little phenomena occur like like they rearrange the order of the concerns only for my clients to find out that the things they asked about ended up coming true in a different order in which they asked them so it's like the spirit guides rearrange them to the order in which things are actually going to happen in your life all kinds of really fun stuff happens and i told uh the great parapsychologist lloyd arbach who's the president of forever found family you know you know lloyd oh yes um, I told him about this on, on my radio, uh, my podcast, and, and he goes, oh, my God, I love that. He says, I'm going to start counseling our mediums to do that. And I always thought, OK, that was from Edgar Casey. So all of these different things that I employ to to show validation that this is genuine and to provide a person a personal paranormal experience, it's almost like I'm trying to help them access that level of reality when I do these readings and then all the good stuff that comes from it, like the guidance and the life advice and the wisdom from spirit. But with our channeling, it was a totally different thing because it wasn't about anyone in particular. And and I actually feel sedated when I lay down and, and start to channel. It almost feels like I've been giving an, given an Ativan or clonazepam or something, <laughs> a barbiturate. And, and I like downers. I love those kinds of drugs. They're very yummy. So <laughs> I love channeling. When it doesn't happen, I feel like, oh, no, damn it. Now I have to take a pill. But <laughs> so that's what happens. And then, and then um, you know, what's interesting, and I, I remember telling John this at some point. I was like, look, if the grammar's bad and if this is just trite I've read before, I'm out. And, I mean, I look at some of the things that we come out with, and it makes my eyebrows go up. First of all, like, we're not going to reveal what the entity was. It does reveal its identity in the book. Um, and we feel we made a decision in the publication process to to kind of keep that a little hush hush because it kind of you don't want spoilers. It, yeah. Let's just say it's nothing connected to anything John and I have ever been associated with in our life before. It's it's totally out of our wheelhouse, and that was also shocking to me. 
As far as the channeling thing is concerned, too, and forgive me for this, bro, but I, I like to break things down as mechanical as I can here. And um, you talked about, you know, the feeling you have um, where it's kind of like, you know, taking a downer, uh, how you feel. But I'm wondering, like, you know, I guess, is that the only feeling you get? I mean, is there any other way your body feels? Is there is there something that's recognizable when you know something's coming through? Are there other earmarks, I guess? That's the question I have. As far as the physical experience of channeling, I'm just I'm trying to get into that if we can. Well, we will, and, and that's a great question. Jo I think John can answer that because the rest of the experiences John and I both share, including seeing strange lights, Ooh. and that's a very interesting Ooh, do thing. Did, did you want to maybe expand on that, John? Uh, sure. Well, the lights, <clears throat> I mean, my recollection of what happened with lights is more based around the meditation exercises that we did, um, that are part of what comes through in the channeling. So, so there are two exercises that are in this first book and, um, they involve, um, relaxing your body from the toes up to the top of your head gradually and, and picturing a, a white light that's coming into the room and filling your body up and it's a great exercise to do and i've i did it many many times while we were channeling like you know not not during the channeling but afterwards and um i would start to get uh a violet light coming through um uh sort of pulsating like the northern lights would kind of start from the center and then pulsate outwards and like it was coming towards me um and that became a ever since then i still get that you know, if I go into a meditation, it's just stayed with me ever since. Um, and so that was the main light thing, I guess. There were, at, bro, what, what other light things were happening with us? Well, I remember I, I started reporting the lights during the channeling. I would get strange right. metric shapes and also similar to the um, Aurora Borealis, the northern light kind of effect as well. It, it's an interesting kind of light because it's not exactly light. It, it is emitting or emissive but it has almost a fluid, almost a plasma-like effect to it, doesn't it, John? Don't you find? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, plasma is a good way to describe it, I would say, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it feels, um, yeah, not just like, you know, when you get pressed down on your eyelids and you get light patterns and stuff, this is a really consistent, repeatable sort of effect that would happen when I got into a particular state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever the cause of it was. Yeah, and you, you had uh, these shapes appearing to you uh, particularly one time when you were starting the channeling, almost like a crop circle type diagram or something that was kind of turning in your mind and was helping you to focus. Yeah. Um, so there were, there were those types of things. As far as other physical things with you, yeah, I definitely the sedation, feeling sedated was, was a big part of it. Um, there were times maybe when you would uh, feel a bit drained. Um, and the explanation we got was not so much that uh, this actually became what you're talking about, Scott, became sort of a topic that we would talk about in, in the dialogues with the, the voice that was coming through, bro. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and it was explaining that it doesn't, the act of channeling um, doesn't sap energy from bro, but it actually runs energy through bro in, in, a, in a way that, that we have to be careful with because it could be putting too much energy through him. And then it's like putting too much energy through a circuit or a light bulb. That's exactly what I was you, thinking. You don't want to put. Yeah. 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 So, so we had to be careful of, of um, him being in good health. He needed to be in good physical, you know, in good physical condition uh, to, to do it um, and be, you know, not, not doing it when he's ill or sick, you know, just don't do it. Yeah. Um, and so he needed to have a certain, you know, be in a decent state to do it. Yeah. When you're bridging anything like that, 
that's the greatest analogy. I, and again, I was thinking exactly what you were thinking, John. Um, I think of that mechanisms, physical mechanisms or, or more intangible mechanisms that were that I'm sorry, bro, we're referring to you as an intangible mechanism, but um, I am the worse on a Wednesday night. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, that's a very important thing. And I think about that a lot in professional work and personal work I do when I'm working on something is when you're running information through something. I mean, let's just assume for a second that what we're talking about is information. I think it is mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. When you're running information or running electricity or whatever it might be through something in a repeated pattern over and over and over again, yeah, I can get where there may be that fatigue, that wear down to a certain degree, because that's what that's what happens in nature. Basically, when something just keeps getting mm -hmm. used over and over again, it will get worn down and it will feel fatigued. So, I mean, I I, I totally can see that. I guess uh, as far as you being used as yeah. a condom, yeah, me like too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, and you and you, I mean, you have experienced that kind of fatigue, though. You said, though, bro, right? As far as just just yeah, being worn down. I used to do about about five readings a day um, when in my twenties, and uh, and and my spirit guide had told me at one point. Her name is Laren, and she's in the book. We talk about her. We have a picture of her because she imprinted herself in a photograph, which is called ITC Instrumental Transcommunication. Yeah, um, we'll get more into that as as well, I believe. So, yes, we um, you know, she told me, bro, you've got to stop doing four or five readings a day. I mean, I was working to midnight. Um, and I said, what are you talking about? I can't live off of that because I was charging like 80 bucks at the time, yeah. which is like highway robbery. And, and she goes, sure you can. You're just going to charge more money and do two a day. And I said, what? Are you crazy? My clients aren't going to do that. She says, yeah, they will. They'll, they'll come to you. So I did. I, I, I started doing two a day and I got my life back. You know, my health improved. I felt a better mood. I, I was overall happier. I had time to pursue other things like writing a book, channeling a book with John and having relationships and stuff again. So I did need to bring balance in that way. And that was a lesson I learned in my mid twenties. Mm -hmm. Another thing I um, noticed was there was a point, there was one in particular, one channeling session in particular that John and I did where I was actually having an anxiety attack before we started to channel. And this was actually the one where I saw the lights that John, like the triangle and different um, geometric shapes. And I calmed down, my nervous system calmed down. And so it actually has a healing quality. Uh, so, so that was very interesting to me. So the energy is coming through me. And as long as we balance that and don't overdo it, it actually could heal you. Um, That's right. And I think, I think one of the important points that, that the, the voice, we'll just say the voice, um, that comes through wants to make is that it isn't, it isn't bad for his health to do this. It's not, it's not draining his health energy, his life energy. It's just that he needs to be stable enough for this energy to come through him. Um, and like he says, you know, the, the healing quality to it, it's, it's very much a positive thing. It's not a, uh, it's not a sort of draining, uh, you know, he'll end up just looking like a skeleton at the end of it or something. It's not like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Although I could lose a few pounds, but anyway, well, yeah. I, there, I, there are non, there are just non-paranormal ways of doing that. <laughs> that could be your, like, imagine that like infomercial, like channel your weight away. Like, oh, oh God. <laughs> I could just, I can see it now. Someone's going to get this idea and run with it. I guarantee you. Uh, I know. Business plan. Okay. Well, thank you guys. I know I've experienced this and I, I've been saying this for years on this show. I'm as psychic as the microphone I'm talking to, uh, talking into right now to you guys. Uh, but I have tried to do some channeling sessions and I've experienced some pretty interesting things that I mm. find uh, 
eerily similar to what you guys were talking about. You were talking about shapes and things like that you were seeing in these sessions, right? Um, mm. I remember, for example, one time, and I'll keep this very brief, I did do a very long, I guess I would call it meditation. I was just trying to clear my mind, which is like next to impossible. I've been trying to do that for years. And I'm just mm. one of those people, I can't calm my mind. There's always some circus going on up there, right? Mm. And I did get deep into a meditative session, I guess they call it one time. And it got pretty bizarre. Uh, some of the things I was I was seeing, some of the some of the impressions I was seeing in my mind, uh, or maybe somewhere else, I don't know. Uh, they were very, very. Uh, they weren't scary, but they were very disturbing looking. And they, but it, again, it wasn't something I was. I wasn't. It wasn't disturbing me or scaring me, but I can understand how some people would find it disturbing. And it was more or less just it, it was figures and and shapes and scenes and things like that. And I was getting messages through there too simple things just simply like thursday which <laughs> okay that's not much of a message i guess but i was i mean i read into it like okay well something's gonna happen thursday it's gonna be, i can't wait for thursday it's gonna be awesome and it was, it was like a monday or something like that i was doing this um so i mean i i have experienced this myself too uh just you know being i would a layman at best here just getting myself into a certain state maybe what you're talking about bro i don't really know i didn't necessarily lay down somewhere I was just sitting on my bed and just kind of closed my eyes and tried to clear my mind out. Is that, I mean, obviously I think this is a component of the cha of channeling is to be able to clear your mind, to allow for that. I mean, it's called channeling for a reason. So you can channel something through you, right? Is, is there, is that, is there an element of, I guess what I'm trying to get to is the, the practice of really clearing your mind out. Is it something that's easy for you to do, bro? That is a great question. It actually seems to be the core of what mediumship is. In fact, um, there's a doctor whose name just completely escapes me right now in the States who puts electrodes on mediums' brains and channelers' brains and actually uh, scans their brain while they're doing what they're doing. And they did this to Teresa Caputo, and she was standing around in front of Dr. Oz's audience channeling, and her brain scans showed that her frontal lobes were more quiet than a sleeping person and she's standing around talking well you know doing her thing that's not possible that alone is interesting but what what it seems to be is that mediums are people who essentially have the ability to quiet their brain and it makes so much sense to me because the great edgar casey who you guys have brought up was um famous for saying that creativity and psychic ability are are one in the same they they're a shared ability um, and in fact, a lot of our creativity comes from our frontal lobes of our brain. And, and, and so if you can get that out of the way, if you can get your physical self out of the way as much as possible, you're going to be able to start to notice the subtle energies that are always there. So it's a lot like I, I, I use the analogy of, and this is in the book too, um, when the sun goes down or if you leave the city, you can start to see the stars. They're always there. You just can't see them because of the light pollution. And people ask me, how come ghosts only come out in creepy dark places and, and nighttime? I'm like, oh, no, no, they're always there. <laughs> yeah. You just can't see them until your predatory senses activate because you're more alert at night. Everything's more quiet so you can pay attention. But trust me, it's not comforting at all to know this, but they're always watching you. Yeah. So it's getting out of the way. And I think you did tap into something, Scott, when you did that. But it's like a police scanner just going random channels. The difference with myself, and this is something that the entity told us in the book, 
this was a new experiment where we're doing this for the first time with a developed medium who's a professional medium who does evidential readings. I have to get people's exact concerns and problems and the names and, and cause of death of their loved ones and so many specifics. I work with police. I work with intelligence agency in the States. I do a lot of different, different projects that are evidential based. And none of the channelers in our history have ever been mediums per se. So, so that's what's different about our book. And, and that might even be why we get a little more um, technical information, yeah. like especially about future technologies for mankind and things like that, that get yeah. very interesting as the book goes on. Yeah. You touched on something that really interests me also, and it goes back to the busy brain problem and what you just said, I, and it tie, I, I'm kind of floored by it actually, because if you let your mind calm, that's when the creativity will come out, more or less. That that idea, that's what you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and did I did I quote you correctly on that? Because I don't like misquoting people. That's basically what was said. A few I ago. think I was a bit jumbled when I was trying to say that, but I think that's essentially true. Yeah. But more so, I think that the same part of the brain where creativity exists is the part that mediums are able to quiet. Thank you. I, right. I don't think any creative person can quiet that, but I but we've all heard the zone and the zone when the athletes or creative people are in it it's because they're everything's out of the way they're not thinking they're just letting go and they're just focusing on not one thing in particular they're just letting go and they're allowing something else to take over don't you find yeah Yeah. that's how a lot of musicians say that songs have come to them suddenly just kind of boom out of nowhere well that's what I i was tying that into is just the creative endeavors i do Outside of this podcast, for example, I think, well, it's easy to blame COVID. COVID's been responsible for everything. Um, but I have, I know, I think about this now and when I'm trying to like work on music, for example, some, you know, writing something, I haven't been able to do it for a while because I'll be like, you know, there we, and some, then the circus starts up. And it's, oh, you got to finish that thing for work. Oh my, you got to take the garbage out. You got to do that. You got to, you got to mow the yard. Oh my God. You need to work out all these. That's literally what happens. Right. Um, And I think just hearing that, bro, it's very interesting because yeah, I understand that it may not be exactly related, but I think that maybe like just for myself and this maybe I'm sure this applies to a lot of people. Um, just to be, being able to calm yourself to a point where, you know, if you do want to create something, and there's a lot of people, I think the paranormal community especially is filled with more musicians and writers and poets. I mean, lots of very introspective people. I think that I, I honestly, I think a lot of creativity, a lot of artistic endeavors and people who study the paranormal, there's a healthy marriage there, to be honest with you. There really is. Uh, I have never seen so many people kind of all related. And I've met more musicians um, studying the paranormal than I have being, you know, being in a, being in bands and stuff. I mean, it's, it's bizarre, but it's true. Um, but that's just a really, really interesting idea. I think, bro, is, is that. Well, John's a musician. I can carry a tune in a bucket, but I'm, I'm def- definitely a philosopher type. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a creative thing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's the art of thought basically you know, and things like that. So, I mean, I think that's something that really does tie in. Uh, with with all these ideas and it's something that i'm very interested in too i do want to step back to itc we mentioned that a few minutes ago right and i do want to talk about that with you guys because we do have some stuff we were going to listen to tonight um now itc is a part of this book am i correct 
as far as the story and what, what's happening here, correct? It, it's part of the, I guess it used the term origin story earlier. It's, yeah, it's part it's like, of that. So it's, it's really kind of, um, I guess uh, it's referred to sort of as the way that I developed my mediumship okay. um, through that. And, and it's a similar process. Mm-hmm. Um, and bro used to, I'd play in my EVP clips and, and some of them were getting information about people, you know, we would have a reading and, and I would do EVP in a, in a sort of a reading type setting with one of bro's friends or something. And, and we'd get information about his family and names and things like that. And he'd say, what you're doing is, is what I do. It's the same thing. You're just using a different method. And of course you can't, I can't get the volume of information and the, the level of detail and so on, but it's like, you're getting these fragments of, of voice and information through that. Um, so we talk about that and give some examples of it and just how it, how it developed with the channeling. It doesn't really, um, we're not doing any ITC during the channeling or, or anything like that. Um, uh, it, it talks a bit about, about, it about itc and, and yeah. it says this isn't meant to replace it. It, 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 it even the first session i think it says this isn't meant to replace itc or anything else you're doing it's meant to complement it and and you know work alongside it kind of thing yeah if i could just interject one ahead, second bro. here go ahead john and i actually are are going to be endeavoring we're already in trials right now i'm going to do readings for people who have lost a loved one to some unique uniquely tragic event like you're talking a parent whose 17 year old dies in a car crash yeah and john will be running the system he's got shortwave radios and things all the standard itc equipment while we do the session we're in the same room we're going to do this together and john will be scanning through for evps while i do the reading and then the client gets not only a master recording of their beautiful reading but any paranormal clips we catch i did a reading on a gentleman years ago and I spoke to him not long ago, actually, and it was a phone reading. And um, during the reading, I heard all this static, and we got disconnected, and I tried to call him 10 times to finish the reading. And he goes, I can't finish this, bro. In the reading, his dead father was coming through. He, I, he didn't hear static. I went black. I went blank on his end, and he heard his father's voice on the phone. Oh, oh Wow. He told me in an email after, I can't finish this, but my father was a Bell telephone technician. <gasps> That's so I still wild. Get goosebumps. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. Wow. Yeah, and so John and I are calling this new endeavor contact sessions. And um, it's essentially a digital seance, if you will. This is the only way people will ever see me in person. Again, I've never seen people in person. I've done it for 15 years, for the last five years, six years now. I've only done phone readings or Zoom or Skype. Because mm-hmm. I just don't want people in my in my house anymore. Oh, get an office. Yeah, well, pay me seven hundred bucks a session. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so John and I will be seeing people in person. For now, we're doing our trials on Zoom. So if people have a lost loved one in a tremendously unique way, don't hesitate to contact one of us, but don't tell us who you've lost because a big part of readings is we can't know anything. We can't be front loaded. We have to come in objective. John has gotten surnames. I can't even do that. He gets surnames of people's families through this, this method that he uses when we're doing readings on people, he gets all kinds of little clips. It's not always a guaranteed thing. And I think we gave you guys some clips we're going to play from our, from our ITC experiments, Uh, not connected to the work I just talked about. This is from years ago, but John's gotten a lot of amazing voices, which you'll hear soon. Yeah. Um, And they're not always easy to hear, you know, like Tom Butler of the American uh, Association for Electronic Voice Phenomena. He came up with a classification system, like a class A EVP is like 
as if it's in the room with you. Yeah. Uh, which you're getting a couple of those tonight, but class B is a little more in the background. Class C is almost inaudible unless you're an experienced ITC researcher like John is. So mm. John will pull out things that even other people can't hear, but they turn out to be correct. And you tell me, how is that any different from what I do? John's just using a different tool, but he's still a medium to my, to my way of thinking. Well, and in all these years, I know I've been studying this. I can't believe that I haven't observed EVP or ITC this way, that EVP and ITC is another method of mediumship, just, just mm-hmm. in a more mechanical sense in a less intangible sense, let's say, whereas you have a person uh, like yourself, bro, who who is the recording device or the conduit, like we talked about earlier, where information will flow through. And um, a recording device, digital, analog, whatever it may be, is no different than that, really. It's picking up these, these transitions, the, this information, these signals, and it's relating that signal, whether it's from, from your mouth, bro, or whether from the playback uh, playback piece of the recording device you may be using. Those two, in a way, yeah, they're one and the same. They're both forms of mediumship, and I've never thought about it that way. That just kind of drives me completely insane right now, <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's super interesting to hear it that way. I've never really thought about it that way. That I always thought, you know, ET, and I, and EVP and ITC has always been like my 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 strong interest in this field. But I just looked at it like, well, I'm just a dude recording stuff. And if something in the room gets on the tape, then cool. Yeah. That, just so literally it's, how it, it's, it's more you're looking at it as it's up to the ghost to come in and speak into your recorder. And, and it's, it's more about the ghosts. Yeah. And we, and we all know, I mean, anybody who studied Spiritcom at all, I mean, we do know that part of the Spiritcom project or any type of like those larger scale ITC projects that were out there, they always mm. had that psychic um mm. element there they always there they they called it the beacon they would you they would right. you know, they would have a sensitive in you know on site and that would be their right. beacon to right. receive transmissions so and another and another big factor was what they called the contact field and we mentioned that yeah. in the book too and, and you know and and that was really about group dynamics group harmony so and it was interesting because the exact same thing came through with us in the channeling uh, in terms of the 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 you're going to get more out of a group than you are out of an individual person doing something like this, and the group needs to be harmonious and uh, have open communication with each other and not have issues buried and and resentments and jealousies and all those sorts of things, right? So there needs to be a, um, a healthy relationship between the people in the group, and that's what you know. I don't know if you remember, Inich was one of the big ITC groups yes. in Europe. Yep. And uh, and a lot of the messages they would get through were saying, yeah, you guys got to work out your issues and and um, not get into alliances and territorialness and, and all that sort of stuff. And that and then eventually, it, you know, they had incredible work they did, but it did end up stopping as the group sort of dissolved in terms of um, uh, being harmonious with each other. But they had a lot of people working together as a big group. It's a very difficult thing to do that. Well, group dynamics, it, that's so funny that, and you're right about that. And that that's that's a huge piece of this. And I think that happens in real life too. Like you know, the the yep. idea of group dynamics. It seems like any type of associate, you get a group of people together, and we I've seen this in the paranormal more times than 100%. I want to admit. Yeah. Uh, you'll get a group of people like, oh, we love the paranormal. It's gonna be so awesome. We're gonna study the paranormal. And a month later, they're like flaming each other on Facebook or whatever <laughs> it might be. Um, and that's a pretty outward expression of what you're talking about. 
um, mm-hmm. there are you. I, I think it's very difficult. It would be damn near next to impossible for a group of people to get together and not have any any stuff between any of them, right? I mean, even if you mm-hmm. don't know the person, I mean, dare I say, there is an idea of judgment. I mean, you people do it every day, as every much day. as pe- people that don't want to admit they do it. People will see someone that they don't know and, and automatically, like by the clothes they wear, by how they comb their hair, or if they have a beard or yeah. not a beard, you're going to judge a person based on that. And I think that's even an issue where you can't, I don't think it, not just me, I think, I think it's next to impossible for a person to go look at somebody, go, could be completely objective and say, okay, I'm just going to work with this person on this project and not think anything whatsoever, right? right? Well, I think it's a matter of forming a bond essentially, right? Yeah. So that's, and that's, like you say, that's the lesson for everybody and, and no matter what you're doing. Um, and that'll determine the success of any group activity you're right. is, you know, are you looking out for each other? Are you, are you, uh, getting to know each other or are you, you know, sort of getting control issues and building resentments and all that sort of thing. And bro and I continually work on that with our relationship too, but, but it, over the last, you know, five, seven years since we've started this project, um, our relationship has become much stronger and um and and that's how we've been able to do this work i would also say uh 11 years not just not just Mm. the duration of the project because uh, john just for you guys to know he was one of the first persons i called when my mother died suddenly and this was a man i didn't know john that well i mean we'd known each other five six years at that point i think um yet uh, not only did he come up and and stand vigil next to me through my through everything, my mother's funeral, he slept in the same bed as I I did, even though he's a heterosexual male, <laughs> and he did it begrudgingly, but he did the right thing. I'd like to say, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, this is a man who's like been my guardian, and, and he's my best friend. And, and by the way, I'm sorry, John, that you're my best friend. I didn't plan that for you. I I, I, I feel sympathy for you, really. <laughs> And, and I appreciate yeah, you know, the apology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there will be more. There will be more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. And then John had mentioned he had been going through a divorce uh, and, and things like yeah. that. So I, I almost feel, and I've never thought about this quite like this until this moment, which is the entity knew our futures, and the entity that was responsible for the choreography that was bringing the the the, the, the synchronicities to both of us. And not just random synchronicities; it was the same synchronicity. We were both seeing the number two, two, two constantly, and. That entity knew what we were all going to go through, and, and it knew when to connect us, and it knew how to connect us, and then time and life would play out. And just to, to speak to what John was saying, you have to form that bond, and sometimes it's not something you can do by will or, or sheer force of will. It has to be natural, like a band, a great band coming together. It's almost like a, a romantic relationship. It's, it's natural. It's not planned. It's no one's fault, but it's, a, it's one of those miracles of life. And miracle being, you know, maybe there's a higher thing that we have all planned before we got here. Yeah, I, when it comes to art, especially too, I think I say it all the time. Like, okay, those few people were put together for a reason to make that it's art true. because there's just some stuff I know personally that I've heard and painting. I mean, it can go for anything when it comes to art, especially that it's just that chemistry. I've always called it just the chemistry, that right mixing mm-hmm. of the right people, not only just artistic, you know, output, but their personalities, how they interact. Does that sound familiar? 
(laughs) how they interact with each other. They cut all the BS out and they made great art, whatever it might be. Uh, I think that really it it is that melding of mind, so to say. Uh, And that can go for obviously your guys's your guys's work that you're doing. I mean, we've all been through it. We've all met someone and thought, okay, I can work with this person. And I've had this happen, unfortunately, where it's like, yeah, failed experiment. (laughs) We tried not, you know, and and it's not never a personal thing. It's like something isn't Mm -hmm. jiving here. I don't feel, you know, that I can work with you and things. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think there's a, there, and it's obviously that this subject is, it's a wide and very fat, far and fast and far subject. Yeah. 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 But yeah. yeah, go ahead, bro. No, no, I was just agreeing. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought let's, somebody called. Let's right. play these clips. Yeah, we. Yeah, that's cool. Let's, why don't we do that now? Um, John, you can guide me along here. I think we we talked about this before we started we the yeah. show. Uh, let's start with the first one, and I guess I don't know if we want to front load people. I don't know how you want to go about doing this, but I'll take um, I'll the floor to you. Yeah, maybe like yeah. That's always a question. Uh, should we front load? Maybe not. Let's just play it. And that's the the one I just sent you tonight, right? You're gonna play that one. That's the first one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great. All right. Okay. Go ahead. We're gonna play it. Here we go. All right. We'll play, play it one more time. Let's play it a couple. We'll play it a couple more times. I'll play it one more time. I can hear it. What are you guys hearing from that one? I hear a female voice say in spirit. Ooh. And then, yeah, the and then there's kind of like I hear a little like a 50s doo wop thing at the I, end of it. Well, I, I hear almost <laughs> like, I don't know if it's mumbling at the end, but there's something. Well, I hear, I hear, I do hear the same thing. I hear in spirit. And I, at the end, I hear, ooh, yeah. something. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not goofing yeah, like, on it, but it's what I hear. Go ahead. Yeah, it sounds to me like, I, and of course, I, when you're doing EVP, you listen to it a hundred times and, and then sometimes the voice will, you suddenly hear what it's saying or, or at least what you, you can interpret, you know? And so that one in spirit was pretty easy to make out and pretty shocking because, you know, um, I, I'd say generally when I was doing these, that was probably one of my earlier EVPs I got. Um, generally there would be no one else in the house or, you know, we have an attached house, so you could have, voices coming over from the neighbor maybe but you know you know how that sounds that's very muffled so um when when you get a voice coming through the wall so yeah and and it says in spirit and and there's no other words around it except the little do-up thing and you know my girls say maybe they would be home but they would be up in their room you know and 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 they sound like you know two-year-olds and so this um yeah this is one of my favorite ones because it is just saying in spirit um, it's very self-explanatory. <laughs> Can I play it one more time? Yeah. All right. Oh, wrong button. Sorry, guys. Here we go. One thing I want to point out here is if you listen to that, and this is something I've noticed with other EVP, even ones we've we, we've gotten that we thought were pretty notable, you actually hear an echo in the room. Did you guys? I don't know if you noticed that or not, John or Bro. Um, let me play it one more time. I, got, I want to hear it one more time okay. before I start jacking my jaws. You hear the echo in the room. I hear it at least. You guys, right. 
Oh, I see. So you mean as if the voice is physically there in the room and there's a there's an echo to it? Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's the only way you can really get echo. I mean, and again, I, right. we don't need to go into an acoustical science discussion here, but um, yeah. Yeah. that voice is taking on traits of its environment. Mm. Its sound is bouncing off the walls of whatever room it was in. Interesting. I hadn't thought of that part. Yeah, that there could be a, a reverb. reverb. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't that's not taking away from it in any way whatsoever. In fact, it makes it even mm. more complicated in my opinion because it's okay. Now, I didn't hear this with my naked ear. I listened back on my recording and I have a full-blown I have a voice coming through now that's actually taking on traits of its environment, which makes things even more muddy. <laughs> so, uh right. I find and it's I, like is that my room that it's echoing or is it some other room in another dimension? Right. Or, yeah, there's no way to know. And yeah. down the rabbit hole we go. <laughs> See, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I what I mean and I we have recordings also that literally um, take on this. It's the same scenario. And that's, that's what I, I, I keyed in on that. Cause I heard that too. Um, but let's go on mm-hmm. to the next one. Um, uh, let, yeah, this we, one's pretty wild. Um, so it's, uh, what do you want to do? Let's just play it. Yeah, let's just play, <laughs> let's play, it. play it. We'll play it. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just go from there. Here we go. Uh, let's break this one down a little bit now, John. I mean, I guess I, I would like to know what was happening in this recording, if you could explain or sure. as much as you want. Yeah. Yeah. So this was one of the later recordings I got. So this actually shows the evolution pretty well. So the first one in spirit is an EVP. And with EVP, I find you can get actually really clear voice with a good quality recorder with EVP. Um, and then later I started to get more into radios, um, particularly as bro mentioned, using the shortwave band yeah. and, um, I hooked it up to an antenna. We had an old, you know, seventies TV antenna on the roof at the time, which has been removed since, but I had it, you know, that came, the cord came into the house and I connected up to that. And, and over time really started to develop some powerful voices coming through and I could hear them in real time on like EVP. So I could, everything you just heard there, I heard at the time and I was just, my eyes were bugging out and I'm looking at the radio. And, uh, of course, I added noise reduction to it. So a lot of that sort of swooshy kind of watery sound in the background is because there's noise reduction. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, yeah, so that, that really was, uh, you know, so generally with shortwave, you know, you're, I'm just tuning it as much as possible to a non-station. I want no radio signal. I want pure static. And so there's a lot of areas like that in shortwave that are just pure static. So, um Sometimes I found a lot of the time with those types of clips, I'd get them early on after I started recording. I'd record maybe for for a couple minutes, and then this something comes through like that, this bizarre stuff, and then it and then it's done. And then I keep recording for ten minutes, and there's nothing after that. So that was another factor that made it seem more paranormal. Just that, it, why did it come right after I started recording? And then um, 
in this case, it's this singing. So you get these, uh, it starts off with some speaking, then singing, and then some other speaking, and it's kind of going back and forth a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's a very interesting type of singing. It's kind of unearthly sounding, you know, and a bit operatic, but not, not in the conventional way. Um, and it's it, the, the vibrato of the voice is very unusual. Um, it's probably possible for someone to reproduce that type of voice, but it's just not a, a, a normal voice that you would hear of someone singing. Oh, it, it's very, well, I mean, I hate to use the term wispy, <laughs> but that's, mm-hmm. that's my, my initial impression. Uh, it's, yeah. May I you, add something? What's that? This? Go ahead. Yeah. May I just wanted to say, okay, first of all, you guys can't really hear it, unfortunately, as well as you would were it to be with heads, headphones on. And, and we actually have John created a YouTube page where you can hear this and he has the, the subtitles in real time. So you can really mm-hmm. link it in your mind uh, mm-hmm. with headphones on. So the style of singing is not any kind of singing that you would hear on the radio today, which is very interesting to me. And it's like you can hear in the beginning, here comes Foo Foo. And this is an entity who has made contact and sang to us before in mm. different clips ah. uh, through radio. And it's actually, I think, tying into the next clip too. But this it's just so amazing. And 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 there's mention of a little church and here's here's a little song for you to save to disc. It says things like that in that clip, which you could you couldn't possibly make that out on the podcast, but it's really remarkable. And and it does refer to us by name, not in this particular clip, but John's had his name said before and and I've yeah. had very personal responses too. So it, it it's way beyond the chance of a stray radio signal or something like that. When you guys do this, have you noticed that when voices come through and like you, you and maybe if it's a, a voice that keeps coming back, is the voice the same voice or do you just sort of know this is the same entity or you know person they sound different but i don't know do you know guys notice that yeah totally i i started to notice that pretty early on that there was a female voice um sort of an elegant sounding kind of you know a nice female voice that would come through and and um i started to notice that yeah okay uh like that in spirit um that actually might not be the the voice that i heard over and over again there there was a couple different ones but i even that voice i also noticed other times too um and that uh, bro would tell me later on you know that that was likely my spirit guide uh, as in in the same sense that he has a spirit guide and everyone does you know that that's probably who that was and um yeah it was it was quite remarkable how even across evp and radio i was noticing this consistency of the same person coming through a lot of them and sometimes i'd go down into john's lab which was in his basement and as we're getting ready to experiment lights would turn on on and off by themselves like we had all kinds of phenomena that we're not even including because you know we could talk for for days right (laughs) well you're sitting there charging the environment every every night what do you expect to happen (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah no, it's, it, it is it's, stuff. it's like little confirmations too you get these voices they're very similar what are the mm-hmm. odds that you're going to fire up this gear and get the same voice from the same fm yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and then yeah if you got yeah. lights turning on and off at the same time it's just all of it just it's interesting being connected we have we have oh, yeah. you know and I, I, before i forget i mean we, we, are we gonna be can you would it be cool if we put these clips that you gave me up 
along with the show that we're going to have posted yeah, on the totally. website? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, cause we'll and, and I can give you, I'll give you a link after to my YouTube where people can see the oh, like, yeah. process. Oh, okay. yeah. That'll, yeah, be, that'll be part of the. And everything. Yeah, when we put the yeah, show up, yeah. we'll make that as part of the, the write up on it for sure. Now, right. there we got one more, technically two more, but one more is it's kind of, the, we have a long version and a shorter version or a nice, oh, right. I guess we can call it an isolated version. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to play the long one first, if that's cool, John, if we could do, is that, is that okay? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'll give, I'll give a little context to the, uh, yeah. I, I, I made the long version because th this one was with bro and I together in a room um, and was pretty much the most remarkable one that we produced together and maybe the most remarkable one we have at all. And, um, but it's very short. And uh, <clears throat> in this version, you're hearing a bunch of the static. And again, it's just a shortwave radio. In this case, it was over at bro's apartment. I brought my radio over there and we're sitting there and he goes into kind of a trance like he's talking about how he gets sedate with channeling. This is a very similar thing. He became kind of, oh, and his eyes are closing. And and um, and the, it's just static, static, static. We're sitting there for 10 minutes maybe with static. And then this sound leaps out of the radio. Again, we we heard it in real time. And, and I'm like, what, what, <laughs> what was that? And so, so the longer clip that we're about to play will show how it just sort of leapt out of the static. Okay, here we go. Okay. Okay, that was the um, the longer version of that. Do we want to try to play? I mean, yeah, maybe play the shorter one a couple of times so people can just yeah, hear that. I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty clear what what popped out there. Yeah, I'll play the short one here. Okay, I'll play it one more time. Yeah, maybe one more time. Here we go. Now, there's clearly something that came through. I'm my brain oh, yeah. can't deal well, with and what it's it, what, interesting yeah. to see to hear the two clips because both of them have the operatic element going on yeah that's right yeah, yeah big time yeah yeah what and uh yeah this one's just uh <clears throat> i can i guess i'll tell you what i what what we determined that it said after many many listening is sure. it's magic Actually, now that I've said that, it's magic. Maybe play it a couple yeah. more times. Well, I'll hear it hear now. Yeah, here, here, <laughs> yeah. here we yeah. go. I'll play yeah. it. I'll play it right now. One more time. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Now I can't unhear it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah right. that's front right. load. That's what the front yeah. load is. Um, remarkable though, and that just pops yeah. out of nowhere. It's really cool. It comes completely out of nowhere, and then we kept recording after that, and there was nothing after that. And generally, yeah. when you get fade in from radio stations, it fades in and out. You know, you, you kind of it, it doesn't come crisply through with a, a phrase. It's sort of like in spirit. Now it's saying it's magic. You know. Yeah. Well, I, and so, I, you're right. Like when yeah. you you could take any regular radio and and do that, and you and you especially if you have a weak signal that bleeds in with another signal, you'll hear that mm -hmm. kind of. Garbling and mashing up between the two the two signals the two the two bands let's say yeah. um, there's yeah. never really any yeah. popping like that um, yeah and also the melody kind of works as well duh, duh, duh. yeah you know, it's this kind of like a little 
European sounding little operatic melody. Oh, it's in rhythm. Of, it's two notes, but it's but it works on its own, you know. Yeah. So that's one of the significant things with ITC is when you get something that's self-contained, like a phrase or a musical bit that yeah. works just as an encapsulated thing. It's like, why would that come through just this weird little melody on its own? You know, yeah, exactly. yeah, it's wild. Well, I want people to go check out your book, which is available where guys. Uh, yeah, you can get it through any of the major booksellers, amazon.ca in Canada, amazon.com in the U S uh, you can get it through Apple, uh, Kobo, um, uh, I'll just give you our website and then you can go there and it's got links to everything. Uh, the website is shivea.group. So that's S H I V E Y A dot group. And from there you, you can get information on us. You can get information on the book. Yeah. Um, and, and links off to get it. It's, it's in paperback and also in all the ebook formats as well. And we'll, of course, put all this up on our website when the show goes Great. up. Uh, guys. I well, and I want to max, bro, bro, if people are interested in getting yeah. a reading from you, oh, is, yeah. Are, yeah. where do they find you at? Oh, great. Yeah, you could Google me, Bro Perkins, B-R-O-U-G-H, or you could go to my website, which is B-R-O-U-G-H-P-E-R-K-I-N-S dot C-A, broperkins dot C-A. Awesome. And then we're, of course, going to have all those linked up on the uh, Ghostly Talk website. Yeah, and we put the show up. Um, share them on uh, social media and all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Guys, I can't, I know Amber can't thank you enough either. Thank you guys so much. So taking some time to talk Thank to us you. here. Please, we'd love to do it again sometime too. We'll definitely do it again. Yeah, we love coming on the show. It's been it's great to be back on Ghostly Talk AD after Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Ghostly Talk. <laughs> <laughs>